With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. We are back after a week break that we took. It's so great to be back here with you guys. I'm your host, Amir Farrow, joined by my co-hosts. We have Jordan Mackey and Jordan Lopez. Obviously, this is our first episode with all of the hosts on the show together. This is a uh, you know going to be a great episode. Been waiting a while for this. Um, catching up a lot of Broncos news that we missed. But first, obviously, a lot of you guys have asked me this question. Obviously, addressing the elephant in the room. We have two Jordans on the show, so we will be referring to Jordan Mackey as J-Mac, the OG J-Mac, and then we'll be referring to uh, Jordan Lopez as just Jordan, unless he wants to be referred to uh, the famous model uh, J-Lo, which would be absolutely hilarious once in a while to call him that. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, great to have you guys on uh, you know, on the show today, go over the, all the latest Broncos news. But before we jump into all of that and more, J-Mac, how are you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. Uh, been chilling, everything like that. I just can't wait for the game tonight. You know, it's a good Memorial Day uh, gift, game seven. So I can't wait to see who win. Yeah, really excited. I'm going for Miami, by the way. We got to win this one. Can't blow hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you right there. I'm with you right there. Can't Jordan, how are you feeling about, <laughs> how no, you feeling about your Celtics? I'm, I'm good. I'm just waiting for tonight. That's all. I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. You sure about that? No uh, predictions or anything? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, obviously you guys can see uh, the uh, broom behind me. Uh, My Denver Nuggets uh, put the sweep on the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, so I'm feeling absolutely fantastic. Obviously, we haven't recorded since that game four last week, so I'm just feeling amazing, man. Even like a whole week after uh, sweeping the Los Angeles Lakers, feeling great. LeBron will be watching the NBA Finals uh, from... Uh, the beach in Cancun. So I'm very, uh, ha- I'm very excited to see what happens tonight. This is obviously one of the most anticipated Game Sevens in NBA history. So definitely gonna ever be like breaking numbers in terms of just like everybody that's gonna be watching. But um, all that aside, great to hear you guys are doing great. Great to be back on the show. Um, been waiting a while for this, like I mentioned. Um, obviously, lots of Broncos that we, news that we miss out on. So we're gonna be catching up on all that today. Um, so without further ado, let's jump in, into all of that. But first, Broncos OTAs kicked off this uh, past week. Uh, they wrapped up around three days of OTAs. And um, starting Monday, they kind of kicked things off. Then Wednesday was the last day before they took a little bit of a temporary halt. And Wednesday was actually the first day that the Broncos media was able to uh, contact or not contact, but interview these uh, certain players, like new players, like Mike McGlinchey. We got to saw him for the first time in the, uh, against the press. Um, Zach Allen as well, and certain other players. Uh, we also got to see a new Russell Wilson, uh, which we're going to get to in a minute. But first, my guy, Javante Williams, my favorite player in the NFL, is just back practicing. Holy cow. This man is practicing in a limited capacity just 33 weeks after tearing his ACL, LCL, and PLC. According to James Palmer, he is running routes with the first team, getting reps, 
and uh, doing drills with the first team offense. He is cutting off of his injured knee, which is absolutely insane. This 33 week, that's not even, that's only two thirds of a year later than the injury occurred. Absolutely unbelievable. He will not start training camp on the PUP list, according to NFL Network's James Palmer, um, despite all the popular belief that it would take him a lot longer to recover. Boys, how are we feeling about Javante Williams making such an insane, incredible, remarkable comeback? I mean, I, I would say first, I mean, I did not expect that. I did not expect, you know, him even putting on a jersey and warming up. I mean, I, it caught me by surprise, at least. I mean, him just being out there with the guys and just, you know, going through OTAs and stuff. I would say I think I'm a little bit optimistic now that, you know, I'm seeing him OTAs and especially with the first unit. Um, listen, we have owners that literally changed the field on our last game of the season just for our players not to get hurt. So I think Javante is in good hands, not only with the with the training staff and stuff, but with our owners. They're going to make sure he's right throughout the whole process. And uh, he's going to be getting uh, the best help uh, going forward. So, uh, no, man, that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Me and Amir, we we talked about this a long time ago. I didn't think he was going to be ready to like at least mid-season, like at the minimum. Yeah. He blew out That's his crazy. whole knee. I mean, when you think about running backs, they usually take a while, take their time, you know, because you don't want to come back and just, you know, you're not the same or you rush back and you get hurt again. But the fact that he's back already and like he's going to be here for week one is just – I don't think I've seen anything like it. Like somebody come back this fast when they blow out their whole knee, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely. And um, we know we anticipate him to be, obviously be back a little bit sooner with all the reports and everything. But the fact that he is like, I didn't, I didn't even see this coming from talking to certain people. Like, I did not expect him to be the literally the first few days of OTAs practicing in a limited capacity this early. I think people were just aiming for training camp at best. So the fact that OTAs, he's already cutting off of his knee that he literally tore all three ligaments. I don't know. I don't know how you can do this as a, a human being, like let alone an athlete, a human being. This is just he's just built different, man. He's a freak. There's nothing else we could say. I mean, Javante, we have never seen a I was I'd said this in my article. We have never seen a comeback like this almost in all of sports history. I, I don't know if ever like this is I like I said two literally 33 weeks. That's like 230 something days. That's not that's literally not even two thirds of a year. And it takes players usually two years to come back from an injury like that. And let alone, they're not even able to play football or the sport again. So this is just absolutely unbelievable and remarkable to see. As a Broncos fan and an NFL fan as, as well, you got to be not, do nothing but rooting for the guy. I mean, it's obviously it's going to take a while. And one thing that we need to say to a lot of Broncos fans is we don't know if he's going to be back you know, at full capacity early in the season. It will take a while for him to get back to that because, you know, running back is one of the most easily – beat up aggressive positions like you're constantly taking hits especially with Javante Williams's mindset and physicality and play style he's gonna be taking lots of hits and that's kind of what he thrives off in his game so it's gonna be interesting to see how he goes about his game will he still be that a very aggressive player off the get-go will Sean Payton be giving him certain plays where he's able to avoid a little bit more contact than opposed to before so it would be very interesting to see how they go about using Javante. I know a lot of fans are really, really kind of, um, you know, pissed off by the way the coaching staff has been, you know, addressing Javante Williams's, um, you know, capacity earlier or early on in the offseason. But, I mean, the guy's ready to go, it, it appears. He has the brace on his knee. So, I mean, let's let him get, uh, you know, warmed up and ready for uh, things to kick off in training camp rather than just, you know, throwing him out there weeks before the preseason, in my opinion. So, 
Next, we have Russell Wilson looking lean and mean, according to him in a press conference uh, where certain reporters are asking about, obviously, uh, his new look this offseason. I'm going to pull up on the screen here. He just like, I mean, look at this transformation here. Am I the only one that sees this? He literally looks like a huge, a huge guy that was prepared to be a pocket passer last year, take hits or and you know be that guy. Where obviously got injured a lot last year and being able to uh, you know put on a bit of weight last year in his first year with the Broncos helped out a bit. This year he just looks way, way uh, you know slimmer, ready to be that athletic mobile quarterback that Broncos fans want to see him be and escape the uh, pocket to that you know once promised land that we saw him being a top five quarterback in Seattle. Um, what do you guys think about how he has um, looked so far in this offseason? Sean Payton is saying that he looks sharp uh, in this offseason, is picking things up well through OTAs, um, is looking really good on his throws. Uh, he says he's lean and mean and ready to go. So how do you guys feel about this uh, significant weight loss that Russ has taken on this offseason? Well, I mean, I, I was really not, you know, excited when he first put on weight last year uh, and say he's going to get you know bigger so he can take more punishment in the pocket if needed. I wasn't a big fan of that because his main his main playing style is getting out of the pocket and being elusive and stuff like that. I'm glad he kind of, you know, got fit for this year. And also he has to realize he's going to be a better pocket passer no matter what this year because Sean Payne's going to bring that out of him. He did it with Drew Brees and he, he's going to bring it out of Russ. So not only does he get – he's fit now, but he, that pocket passer that he wants to be, he'll be this year. And I know that's a big thing for him because he wants to prove to, you know, critics and stuff like that that he can pass from the pocket. But the number one priority this offseason was to get fit, and I'm glad Russ did that. And it looked like he worked his ass off because he looks good. So things are looking up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to say, like, last year, you know, they said he put on weight to, you know, kind of, you know, for, like, when he takes hits that his body won't be as hurt as much, so he put on a little weight. You can just kind of see he wasn't, like, the old Russ, you can even see when he moved out the pocket, his movements in the pocket, the way he made his throws, it just wasn't the same. I mean, he looks great. He looks great now. I mean, he's, you can tell he slimmed down right back to his, you know, his normal size. He looks like he got his confidence back. I mean, I'm pretty sure when Sean Payton got there, he told him, man, just go back to how you used to, you know, how you used to operate. You don't have to change things up now that you're with a new team. I mean, I think it's a good decision. I think we're going to be relying on him moving more out the pocket this season. So, I mean, I love it. He looks great. Yeah, and we we always talk about this on the podcast. Like Russell Wilson is at his best when he is on the move and making plays, extending plays, and that's just kind of what makes Russell Wilson Russell Wilson. He has to be that off script kind of quarterback. And I believe uh, Sean Payne, man, he, it is just so evident the way like ever since he has came here is he has had a plan for not only Russ but this entire offense and how they're going to operate. And obviously, with the way that Russ has trimmed down, the immediate thing I thought about was just play action. Like he is going to constantly be boot, bootlegging, bootlegging running out of the pocket, making plays happen. That's kind of what we saw a lot of him, you know, be successful with in Seattle. We can constantly say that over and over again. So I'm, I'm a big fan of what we're seeing here. Um, I'm just like, my biggest thing is I hope he doesn't, you know, see more injuries because of this. I don't think he will. I think he'll uh, maybe be able to avoid contact better because he will be more quicker. Um, the belief is that he's lost like 10 to 15 pounds. Um, obviously he wouldn't comment on that to the media, but that's kind of like the general uh, consensus consensus right now. Um, um, when he was kind of asked by that, he was like, you know, I haven't really been taking uh, chart, haven't been taking chart of those numbers or whatever. When he really, we are all to know that the guy that Russell Wilson is, he, he obviously obsesses about this game. He is absolutely watching every single calorie that he is eating. So uh, we know, we know that obviously Sean Payne had him not say that to the media. So 
Um, next, we have Cortland Sutton, who has generated a lot of trade buzz this offseason, is apparently dominating OTAs, according to a Denver Sports' Cecil Lamy. He has looked explosive, is showing a great burst after the catch. He has reportedly looked better than he has in, quote, quite some time. So very encouraging news for this wide receiver room. It just feels like for this wide receiver room, ever since those trade rumors ended, uh, essentially after the draft, we have been getting nothing but great news about this overall wide receiver room. KJ Hamler is also at practice in OTAs as well. So just great news for this wide receiver room in, in total. Uh, what do we make of this news with Cortland Sutton? And do you think he is on the brink of an uh, outstanding year for the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, I think not only Cortland Sutton, but, you know, Judy, those guys have been dealing with trade rumors that looks like, what, the past two years now? So, I mean, I think they're going to play with, you know, some chips on their shoulder. I think they're going to play more aggressive. I mean, I hopefully this is a, a good sign uh, things to come. You know, I mean, if Sutton and Judy really pick it up and they they really break out with Sean Payton this year, I mean, that would be a uh, sigh of relief finally for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really as surprised as everybody was because it seems like every training camp, every OTAs, Corlin Sutton just seems to dominate, and we hear it like every single time. But I think that um, I think it's good to hear though. I mean, it's a new system, a new culture. Corlin Sutton's got to find probably a new role. He's not the wide receiver one anymore. Jared Judy took that role, so he's going to be wide receiver two. He's I, all I got to say is I'm just glad that I'm glad that Sean Payton's there, and I'm glad that Corlin Sutton is still here. I know that I I really thought he was going to get traded. I mean, all the signs pointed to it. Um, but but I mean, it seems like Sean Payton is going to keep most of these receivers on the team. I mean, usually you know you think around this time you would hear some trade rumors and maybe or you know cutting rumors, but we might hear that a little closer later in the preseason, but. I mean, right now, if I had to make a take or something, I, I would think a lot of these receivers still make the team. I mean, I'm. It seems like they're all playing good. It's gonna be hard to move on for receivers, and especially, especially knowing like over the past few years the injuries that we've had at that position. So, but yeah, I mean, but it's it, it's really good to see that Corlin Sun's balling, man. It really is. Yeah, and then obviously, like I mentioned, you know, KJ Hamler, that torn pick, he is back. Um, and I there's don't know how his, he's back. He, That's yeah. That, I'm just and like as a Broncos fan, you can't help but just absolutely be. And I also saw that Aaron Patrick is back. Like there is, I'm just really, really happy to see a lot of those guys back out there. I know Cody Work mentioned that, you know, being at practice, he saw multiple players like that back at practice after severe injuries. So, man, it is just a, a sigh of relief. I'm not going to speak too soon. You know, obviously, in, freak injuries always happen. And knock on wood, we have a very healthy offseason. Obviously, Bo Lowry, the addition of him, seems to have been amazing. And then, obviously, uh, Jordan, you mentioned, you know, the new fields and everything. Obviously, uh, Centra Health, we have a new, uh, not a whole new facility, but just a new name. But we have a whole new staff. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can do with Dan Del Rimple as well, the new strength and conditioning coach. It seems like there's a new uh, new difference being made already. I, I you know I said earlier on the podcast a few weeks ago, like I thought there's there would be it would be a while before there's an adjustment. You see differences, but it feels like we're seeing it earlier. But like I said, I'm not going to speak too soon. Injuries always happen around training camp time, and I'm just hoping this whole team can stay healthy because when we're healthy, we are a force to be reckoned with. I feel like we're just a much stronger force when we're not injured. Yeah, it, and, and the crazy thing is that he's practicing is that KJ Hamler tore his pec and March 23rd he's gonna be out four to six months and he's already practicing. That's literally that's that's insane. Uh, I would remind everyone there was a report last year that our owners took a trip to New York. I think towards the later part, the latter part of the season, to meet with the lead doctor of the NFL to talk about how to improve the the injuries they've been the, the we've been dealing with the health of the overall players, the conditioning, all of that. 
So these owners are all in on in terms of health, injuries, conditions of the field, conditions of practice fields, everything. So I think that is a big, big sign of, of greatness going forward, and hopefully that pays off. Absolutely. And then uh, to no one's surprise, uh, Jerry Judy is still making plays for this Broncos offense. Um, it was reported that he made a big uh, reception down the field connecting with RW3 QB1 himself. Um, he did bang up his thigh on the play, but Coach Payton did say he is fine and should be uh, doing well. Um, obviously, there's a podcast that came out this morning with uh, um, Brandon Marshall on I Am Athlete with Jerry Judy on there. So um, definitely going to be uh, interesting to see how that how he is doing, how he is feeling about the offseason and everything. I checked a little bit out of that. Um, um, so Jerry Judy still making plays for this offense, like Jay Mack mentioned, wide receiver one. Really excited to see how this whole wide receiver room shapes up because we are getting nothing but good news right now. So knock on wood, it uh, continues to stay that way. Um, but next, some of the biggest news uh, for the Broncos that we missed this past week: the Broncos uh, parted ways with uh, Super Bowl Fifty champion Brandon McManus, the kicker, longtime veteran here for nine accrued seasons. Uh, he did uh, the move; did save three point seventy five million in cap space. Um, which the Broncos then eventually delegated um, to uh, the re-signing of Cam Fleming, which we'll get into in a minute. But he did sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars about 48 hours later on a one-year $2.35 million deal. Probably the money he should have been getting here in the first place with the Broncos. Um, cough, cough, George Payne. But anyways, or, or I don't even – was that actually John Elway that extended him? Remind me if – remind was me Elway. Was, yeah, it was Elway. So excuse me on that. George Payne, sorry for ever doubting you there. Um, John Elway – made a very uh, poor extension there. I, that extension just still, he was getting paid the eighth highest paid. He was the eighth highest paid kicker in the NFL last year. Just unbelievable. And he ended up being a, a bottom five kicker. But anyways, Broncos move on from him in response. The Broncos worked out veteran kicker Brett Maher and Elliot Fry, who also spent time with the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, also a uh, young kicker Parker White out of uh, South Carolina. On Wednesday, they worked out all three of those kickers, and then the only kicker out of those three that got a uh, – a physical with the team was Brad Maher, obviously the kicker that has been clowned on by the media a lot. I wrote an article on him. We're going to talk about him in a minute. But what do you guys think about our kicker position right now? Um, J-Mac, I know we've mentioned a lot that we've been saying, you know, Brandon McManus should easily have been moved on from a while ago. Um, the Broncos make the right decision and move on from him this offseason. But it feels like it was a little bit later than it probably should have been. I know the whole June 1st designation played a factor in it. But what do you guys think about this whole situation? and who do you uh, want to be the next kicker? Um, It's kind of weird because I didn't want Brent Maher at first, um, you know, because, of course, everybody clowned him. But once I, like, did a deep dive in him, I actually wouldn't mind him being the kicker here. Uh, I think Brandon McManus, it was me and you both said it was time for us to move on. feel like we were just kind of holding on to him just because he was on that Super Bowl 50 team there for a little bit. Um, I'm, actually glad, I'm, I'm actually glad we moved on. Um, it seems like he's, you know, he took out a whole page in the Denver papers. So, I mean – you know, he's always going to be one of those Broncos kickers that everybody's going to remember McManus, but it was time to move on. It just wasn't, you know, wasn't consistent to me. I just, I didn't, I didn't think he was that good in the clutch. It was it's just a lot of factors, but um, I mean, moving forward, um, I definitely think Brad Maher is the way, I mean, especially since he waited this late in the off season, like Amir said, you know, I, I, I thought we were, we would cut him in like dead smack in the middle of free agency. That way you have more options, but I mean, we were going through a coaching change, and, you know, some coaches want their guys. You know, kicker is kind of a coach's position on just, you know, who you want at, who you want in that spot. So, but, yeah, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably say Brad Maher is the best option. 
And the funny part about it too is that when everyone's making fun of you know Bretmar and how he was doing, I mean, percentage-wise, it was his best year yet. You know, it was. So I mean, I, I mean, it's just it kind of funny how that works out. But uh, you know, just because we released Brandon McManus and you know everyone in the media is all we should have done this a long time ago, doesn't mean we hate him. Yes. Obviously, we have people on social media saying, "Oh, kicker shouldn't be our our priority. This wasn't a position of need or whatever." It was. I mean, he was not great last year, and he hasn't. He's been inconsistent. Doesn't mean that we don't like him. It's just he's been inconsistent. <laughs> have to move yeah. on. Uh, but yeah, Brett Maurer, I think he should be the guy, um, especially in Denver. I think you know his ball is going to tra- travel a little bit longer. Um, hopefully, you know he gets rejuvenated. Even though he doesn't, yeah. he's just coming off the best career uh, year of his life. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think he'll do good in Denver. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Brett Maher. Like, everybody – I just had to write an article about this, like, as soon as I could because everybody immediately – I posted that news on Instagram, and everybody was like, oh, the four, the four missed PATs, the block PAT against the Niners the next game. Are you going to discredit everything he did for that prior to that in the regular season? Like, he was balling out. He was, like, ne- nearing the top five status in terms of NFL kickers. While, meanwhile, we were stuck stuck with a uh, bottom five, you know, productive uh, kicker in yeah. Brandon McManus. So – I mean, you look at the money, this is going to be kind of like a bargain if we can get him. It's not going to be too much, especially this late in free agency. He had like a 90.6 field goal percentage. He only missed like three uh, PATs over the course of the season, which I believe McManus missed around the same. Um, Obviously, the postseason – Kicker's gonna have they're gonna have their their moments. We see it with corners all the time. We saw it with Pastor Tan, the best corner in the NFL, got absolutely burned. I'm I'm not gonna lie, got burned by DJ Moore, and I'm really excited to see him re- redeem himself from going to that Bears game. So that'll be really cool to see. But you know, going back to the topic of Brent Maher, like kickers are gonna have their moments. Every kicker has their moments. We've seen Justin Tucker have his moments, like, and he's arguably one of the easily top three kicker in NFL history. So, I this at easily has to be taken into consideration kickers have their moments just like corners and other positions he had his moments and obviously one of the biggest games of his life and that is just really unfortunate but he's gonna he's gonna bounce back he's he's up there in age he's 33 years old so he's got some good years uh you know left ahead of him before he's gonna be on the the decline so i don't know i just feel like fans were fans are just have too much recency bias with certain players all the time he has one bad game and that tarnishes everything he's (laughs) done in his nfl career and automatically we have to like not sign him because of that like i i just don't understand you look at brandon mcmanus he was consistently bad over the course of the season and i you know don't get me wrong mcmanus was thrown into a lot of crappy situations last year like go kick a 64 yarder to win us the game against seattle like are you kidding (laughs) me week one That made zero sense. But there was also some kicks where he was asked to kick like 50 yards, 52 yards, and he just shanked it. So Brandon McManus, it was time to move on. It was the right move. I will have to say, though, he did have a very, very classy move. You guys probably can't really see it here, but he uh, he ripped a page out of a Broncos Super Bowl 50 ad or whatever and, you know, wrote thank you, uh, signed it, Super Bowl 50 chance. He thanked over 150 uh, members, the Broncos media, Broncos former players and everything. So big classy move there uh, by him, I will have to say. Um, so really, I uh, thank uh, Brandon McManus for that and his time here, but it was ultimately time to move on. Um, I know uh, Chris Tomlinson of the Denver Post mentioned that in the last 52 years since 1971, the Broncos have only had seven kickers. So it feels like the Broncos know a thing about, uh, you know, getting kickers and franchise kickers. That's like an average, like five years uh, tenured by each kicker. So, um, or even more than that, it's actually average seven years. So, um 
we Broncos know a thing about getting franchise kickers, so hopefully we can get it right with this next one. Like we mentioned, is it is very late in the offseason to find our next kicker. I would assume that they're going to sign Brett Maher is my guess, and then they're going to probably look for a new kicker maybe next offseason to see how it goes from there. We'll see if he has a good season. Um, I, I'm really hopeful for uh, Brett Maher to be this next kicker. Um, I really, really wanted him, Riley Patterson, but he ended up getting trade for, traded for a seventh before the Jags released him to, uh, and obviously was traded to the Detroit Lions. So um, Brett Maher is our best option right now, whether you guys, whether you fans like it or not. He is our best option out there in free agency right now. I mean, you can make a case for Robbie Gold, but the dude is pushing 45. So um, uh, Brett Maher at this point um, was probably our best option. Yeah, it's crazy about Robbie Gold was he, he was kind of my as soon as I saw we cut him, I was like, I wouldn't mind getting Robbie Gold until I realized he was finna be pushing 50 really soon. I was like, nah, <laughs> candy. Nah, nah. I wouldn't be surprised if we if you hold like another kicker in the training camp. You know, have like a little uh yeah idol between Brett Meyer and maybe like a young kicker. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I was thinking like uh Elliot Fryer probably would be the other guy. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. I mean, he, he has some experience. I'm pretty sure they would probably go him and Meyer and see mm-hmm. whoever wins. But I'm but, but I'm I'm pretty sure Sean Payne's probably gonna go with Brett Maher. Just be on the safe side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the next, uh, the Broncos, uh, they cut outside linebacker Jacob Martin, who the Broncos swapped late round picks with the New York Jets last season to acquire him after trading away Bradley Chubb and kind of replace that presence on the uh, edge. Um, the move saved the team $3.82 million in cap space, uh, which then eventually led to re-signing Cam Fleming. How do you guys feel about the Jake Martin uh, cut? I know a lot of people thought he would be kind of that uh, one of those last pieces on uh, – for the for the outside linebacker room, come you know the start of the season for the fifty three man roster, he ends up getting cut. So the Broncos uh, and ever since that move, they haven't really made, kind of made a move uh, for the edge rushers. So it feels like the team is a lot more confident uh, in their edge rushers than uh, maybe I believe. I've been saying all offseason. I feel like we need another guy in the edge room, and we end up letting go Jake Martin. So how do you guys feel about that move? Um, I mean, me personally, I thought. I thought he was going to be safe because it's kind of weird because I thought if we were to cut him, it would have been earlier, just like McManus. Um, I knew how much money we would save cutting him. Me and you talked about it in like an episode we did a while back about how we would save almost like what, like around like $4 million, a little less than $4 yeah. million. yeah, I thought he would have been cut a long time ago. But, um, I mean, for some reason we're cutting guys this late, um, so you never know. I mean, I how I felt about it, I, I wasn't really kind of – you know, I, I was really – happy that we got the four million i mean you never know what the broncos could do with it then go pick up a guy like kareem hunt pick up another edge rusher i know marcus golden is still a free agent so i mean it's a lot of options i'm pretty sure you can go sign a guy for cheaper that can probably produce even better and be more of an even you know a better depth piece so uh we'll see what it does but i think right now in the edge room i think we're just trying to see what we have i think you know we got some guys that were hurt last year that's going to come back um some younger guys christopher allen i think they want to see where drew sanders is if you know he's going to be a significant linebacker in the middle or edge rusher because he did play edge rusher and he did it pretty well in college so i think they want to see what they have there um but i mean i i'm 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 fine with you know letting him go but i i still think that money can be used you know on a still viable playing free agency you know what i'll add to this topic is i don't know if uh you guys heard but sean payne when he was doing his presser with the media uh he did hint at you know maybe we sign someone else so, I mean, yeah. I thought that was, uh, yeah. you know, very, you know, noteworthy. I think they might be looking at someone, you know, keeping it very low key. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you get, you know, an alert, you know, this week coming up that, you know, the Broncos sign, you know, X, Y, or Z. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they allocate that money somewhere else. Yeah, yeah there, there's definitely some, some still – 
really uh, talented guys out there. Um, you know, obviously, unique uh, Ngakwe is more of like an inside just guy. Thinking, he, can, I, I, he, he can play edge as well, though. So uh, do not rule him out. This late in the offseason, I still cannot wrap my mind around how he's not gotten signed to any team. I mean, he's, his production has been pretty damn well, if you can ask me. He can go be a starter for, I don't know, the Falcons or some team. I mean, the Falcons need some edge help, I know. And there's teams out there that could use him as a starter. And I just can't I can't believe that he is not signed. Um, and I, I would assume this late in the offseason, it's going to be for dirt cheap, probably less than $5 million. Yeah, and it's... It's crazy when you think about it because it's a lot of guys like Dalton Rosner, too, is a guy that everybody thought was going to be signed within the first few days of free agency, and they're just still sitting on the market. That's crazy. Not picked up. Just They're just waiting to be signed. It's it's really insane. But, yeah, I would, I would have to agree with Jordan. You know, I think that I think that it's either going to be an edge rusher or another offensive skill player. I think Sean Payton's going to get greedy. whether It's whether a need or a want. And I think Sean Payton, he's going to have to decide what he wants. I know I, I, for some reason I, I got a gut feeling it's going to be an edge rusher. I just, I just think it's going to be the position that we obviously need. Um, I know Leonard Floyd is still there. Marcus Golden, Yannick, Yannick um, I really know how to say his last name, but yeah. Nick Ngakwe. Marcus yeah, Golden, Ngakwe. actually, uh, who, who did he sign? He signed with the team yesterday. I saw that. But yeah, Marcus Golden, I did see some uh, news on him yesterday. Obviously, uh, his um, former defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, I really thought the Broncos would go after him and get him on a short deal, but it didn't oh. happen. Yeah, he signed with the Steelers. Oh. Yeah. So, uh Pittsburgh Steelers get Mar Marcus Golden, and obviously I, I agree with you guys. I say the Broncos sign a kicker and edge this upcoming week, and that kind of puts a wrap on their 90-man uh, roster, and they're not going to really add any more else to that. I feel like that's how it's going to go. I would not be surprised to see them sign Brett Maher and also Parker White and have kind of like an open competition. Um, obviously, I, I really strongly believe that Maher would uh, win that, but Parker White definitely think he's going to be on another NFL mini camp this upcoming year, just like it was last year with the Chiefs and Buccaneers. Um, so uh, next, like I mentioned, uh, the Broncos re-signed tackle Cam Fleming. This got me really excited. The Broncos finally get a swing tackle, familiar face from last year. Didn't have the best 2021 um, with uh, Pat Shermer, Teddy Bridgewater, but last year somehow with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, a terrible offensive line coach, um, absolutely horrible offensive line coach, he still had probably one of the better years of his uh, recent uh, years in his career. So the Broncos bringing back on a one-year, $4 million deal. Cannot argue with that at all. Um, good value piece there. They swing left to right um then the Broncos also bring uh brought in nose tackle tyler lancaster from the green bay packers started 21 games for the green bay uh for green bay in four seasons needed no nose tackle depth uh, behind mike purcell and uh DJ Jones. Obviously, we got some news the other day that both those guys actually, both those veterans and DJ Jones and Mike Purcell did have uh, surgery this offseason, but they should be ready to go for all the uh, offseason activities like training camp. So, yeah, the Broncos bring in uh, Lancaster, 1,323 to career defensive snaps. Um, he, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. He actually grew up three, 15 minutes away from me as a kid here in Chicago. So that's uh, pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, the Broncos are bringing those two uh, veterans. What do you guys think about the uh, Fleming and Lancaster signings? Uh, I mean, it was – I was actually kind of surprised how much we gave Cam Fleming. You know, we gave him kind of the same amount that we cut Jacob Martin for, but I was really fine with that. I think I think you still need depth at the um, tackle spot, especially with Garrett Bowles coming back from a nasty leg injury. Um, yeah, I mean – we, we, I mean, you always need depth, and you're only for a swing tackle in a play action offense. You're always going to need that. So, I just, I, I, I love both of them really. Just key depth signings, and I think you got to have it. Especially we had 22, 22 players on IR last year. You better do good with depth signings. So yeah, I was fine with them. 
Yeah, I mean, we even mentioned it with Sarah Amir when we when we were doing the podcast with him is that we need depth. You know, I can Fleming would be great if we if we can get him back. So uh, Fleming getting Fleming back is always good, and uh, I'm now I'm a little bit more comfortable with uh, that that unit there. So good signing. Yeah, and I would say about Lancaster, I mean, it's so much depth on the interior of the deepest of line like i'm not even like that's i think that's the least position everybody should be worried about i I, I was actually surprised that we signed somebody else because i'm like we're just loaded there like we have like five six guys that's just gonna be rotating in and out but i mean yeah i was i'm 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 fine with keep signing guys there well defensive end i feel like i'm still worried about defensive end i mean matt henningsen is our starter right now at defensive end unless they're planning on moving dj jones he is our starter at defensive end right now which is a bit uh, a bit more surprising than I may have expected. Obviously, the, the rookie six-round pick is expected to start this upcoming season, unless I mentioned like Vance Joseph moves things around, which he is known for. So we'll see. I would like to have more depth there behind him. So um, I, I definitely uh, – I'm, I'm interested to see how that whole room plays out and how they kind of move things on the depth chart. Um, I could be wrong here. but um, And then Cam Fleming, like, like I mentioned, I wrote an article. Make sure you guys check that out, Predominantly Orange. Um, he uh, just obviously behind Mike uh, McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles, we had no depth at all nobody that could swing left to right after losing calvin anderson we've talked to an extent about it on the show we absolutely needed to go get someone like cam fleming bring it back he knows this offense has obviously been uh, played with russell wilson last year constantly swinging left to right with uh the injuries to garrett bowles and billy turner so really excited to see what he can do this year with an actual competent um head coach and play caller and offensive line coach and zach streif so uh, i'm really excited to see what he can do th- um this year with the broncos um especially the injuries like uh, Mac mentioned we're, we're gonna need a guy like that the broncos um some news uh has popped up in this last few week this last week uh that i uh, missed the broncos uh seahawks giving number three to uh cornerback Artie burns this last week what do you guys think about this the free agent acquisition for seattle um Pete carroll and their whole, whole front office they seem to be making kind of like a message here because drew luck one thing I will say, man, I, I'm one of the biggest Drew Lock haters, but he did wear number two out of respect for Russell Wilson. So I have to I have to kind of dap him up for that in a sense. Uh, Seattle Seahawks give number three to Artie Burns, just random corner who's not even that great at his position. I'm going to say here, be completely honest. What do you guys think about uh, the Seattle Seahawks just giving away number three just like that? Arguably their best player in franchise history. I mean, J-Mag, I don't know if you want to go first and take the reins and just kind of bury uh, Seahawks franchise, but, I mean. I, I, I'll go. It's just – it's no loyalty, no respect. It's no, no – I mean, it's just – it's petty, honestly. It's Pete Carroll. I don't think anybody else made this call besides Pete Carroll. I mean, it's petty. I mean, the guy was your franchise quarterback. You know, everybody who's everybody who's still in the organization, y'all drafted Russell Wilson. Help y'all win the Super Bowl. Help y'all contend. Play for y'all through injuries. Gave his heart to Seattle, and it, and eventually players leave, man. But that does not mean you go and give his number because because now like I, I doubt he's gonna get his number retired at this point. Like I don't think they're gonna ever retire his number now. I mean it's just like you give his number to Artie Burns. I'd rather Drew Locke come in and wear the number. Artie, you giving it to somebody that might not even make the team. And it's no disrespect, but it's just like really and bobby wagner's back i feel like bobby wagner could have said something like hey man y'all y'all can't give russ number like that like come on now i mean it's just disrespectful i feel like any just any love that there is i feel like Pete carroll's just tarnishing it it's just 
I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, like, after Russ is done playing and Pete Carroll's done coaching and Russ just doesn't ever go around that organization. It might it might be like a Peyton yeah. Manning thing. You don't ever see Peyton Manning around the Colts. Peyton Manning is always with the Broncos just because they did them wrong. And, I mean, it's just – at the time it was mutual. Russ wanted to move on. Like, players do. Players want to leave. That doesn't mean you just stab them in the back. It's just – at franchise, I mean, everybody talks about how good of a culture they are. They're showing their true colors. That's all I got to say. It's true. I, I'll just leave it like this. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, I get to write about a franchise. And I'm a fan of a franchise that takes care of their quarterbacks and the quarterbacks of the past. Because I know damn well that uh, John Elway and Payton is uh, getting taken care of with uh, Denver and with all the jersey numbers getting, you know, retired and being remembered and stuff. So that's what I'll say. I, I'm glad that not only do I write about, you know, the Broncos and all that, but I'm also a fan of – this franchise and how they take care of all that. So that's, that's all I'll say. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just wild to me how they handle that whole thing. Me personally, I'm not like a huge guy on numbers. It, it's obviously more important to the players themselves. So I can't really speak on it too much, but I mean, numbers are numbers at the end of the day, but at the same time, like that number brings something more, like I mentioned to the players and what they kind of did for that organization. And I really, I, I really truly wonder how Russell Wilson's reaction was to that. Drew Locke obviously wore, wore number two last year. He's still wearing number two with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, believe it's like his last year with uh, Seattle, but Artie Burns, cornerback that has honestly got kind of clowned for his play on the field with Pittsburgh and other teams in Chicago. And like J-Mac mentioned, he's probably not going to even make the team, especially with all the corners that they've gotten. They've got really good corner room. We don't even know if he's going to make the team. And they just gave their best player in franchise history the number three to to him. So that is, that's just wild to me. Like, you, you don't even have to be, like, a big fan of, like, jersey numbers or anything to acknowledge and realize that. Like, that's just wild to me. All right, and then uh, the last uh, news we want to talk about today is the NFL rule changes where teams can now carry a third quarterback on the roster without it affecting your 53-player uh, limit, um, apparently. And then also uh, the new change with uh, apparently if you fair catch behind the 25, no matter where it is, it's automatically going to start at the 25. What, um, what, do you guys th- what do you guys think about these rules? I mean, first I want to talk special teams rule. That, uh, that, that makes no sense. Like, what? So basically – so so you so you can just fair catch it anywhere like just oh yeah I'm not gonna be able to run this back like what like it's just I don't get why they did it I mean I understand I actually I understand a little bit like they're trying to limit like obviously injuries and concussions because you know concussions were on a high last year and they're trying to limit that I understand that but like you're taking away the physicality of football like people want to see you know physicality it's a dangerous sport but I mean. I understand why they're doing it. Player safety does come first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that rule there, it, it, it's kind of a toss-up. So I'll keep it short and sweet. I mean, if you want to know my stance on the whole special teams debacle and all that, just listen to what Pat McAfee had to say about it and how he banished it. Because, I mean, that, that rule is – it. I mean, we're playing football. Like, we're yeah. <laughs> taking special teams is actually a vital part of winning games. Like you always see Bill Belichick talk about how special teams is really important. Probably the greatest football coach of all time. Always talking about special teams this, special teams that. And now we're trying to take that away. I mean, it's just – I you mean, want to know my real stance on it, just watch Pat McAfee and how he talked about I mean, it. I mean, it's crazy because, like, people – I don't think people really understand how important it is. I mean, look at the – like, a prime example is the Chargers. They have the number one offense, number one defense, 
and had a, the last ranked special teams in the league and missed the playoffs. This was a few years ago when they had Fillers and, and LT. Like, yep. special teams is a huge part of the game. Like, you're basically eliminating one aspect of it. So, like, what? And, and now they're talking about eliminating the onside kick, saying you can do the onside kick or go forward on fourth and 20. Like, what? Like, Bro, like who's like, 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 come on, man. Like, we're just, we're eliminating everything. Like, next, like, next they're going to say instead of kicking an extra point, you can go for it at the, at, 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 at the 12 yard line or some crap like that. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you get two either. Like, what? Like, come on, man. It's just, I don't know. Like, it's full, like, like I say, you're taking away the physicality of the game, taking away just, Part of football, man, taking away a big aspect of it. I don't know. I know kickers or punters are mad because now it's going to be so hard to pin down. Like, you're not going to be able to pin down because they're going to go and catch it, and they're going to still get it at the 25. Like, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But it is what it is, man. Like, also, what? you know what? You know what's about to happen is kickoff uh, kickoff return touchdowns are about to become extinct. You're never going to see them yep. again because yeah. kickers are going to pin just kick it straight to the end zone. They're not going to give the ch- uh, chance for the kicker or the kick returners to return it. So we're honestly last year, Cordero Patterson might be the last like kick return touchdowns you're going to get to see in the see, NFL. Yeah, it's good to see in a long time. It's just I, I just don't understand. Like, like I understand you want to take caution to for, for players, you know, to, for their safety and their health and the concussions was up last year. And we see some scary stuff on the field. But it's like, man, you're taking away from the game. Like, it's just. I don't get it, man. I just I feel like yeah. I feel like they could have done something else. Well, good thing is that I, I'm reading it now because I, I I see that um, Cowboys uh, Cavante Turpin said that he's not going to fair catch anything. Uh, so it looks Ooh. like they are opposed to it. But it looks like it's only the kickoff. So it looks like it's not going to be for punt. Uh, for punts, you know, it's, it's oh, okay. Supply, but no. But to Amir's point, I mean, kickoff touchdowns that can swing a game. I mean. <laughs> Can't. literally it, it, it it's it's sad the way it's going and i hope that it it's a one-year thing and that's it so yeah, exactly i remember yeah it's just like I, I remember a time we've seen like we're like we used to see one a week at least one a week now now we'd be lucky to see one every three weeks like it's just yep. it's just crazy man yeah and then that uh that kick return touchdown from um uh, who was a Naheem Hines after the Demar, uh, you know the yeah, Demar two. game? Yeah, yeah, two, bro. You, you're not having a moment like that with this with these rules. So, uh, Devin Hester, I know he's punching the air right now to this rule. What um question? What was the other rule they changed? I forgot to talk about that. What was the other rule they changed? It was uh, so that you can have three quarterback. You can have a third quarterback on the roster without it affecting your 53 uh, like roster limit. So they don't even count as like a, a number towards your 53 uh, players. So that that rule is mainly because of the 49ers game. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> that's a good rule though. I, I like that rule because I mean they were having McCaffrey at quarterback and just had him at that. He was actually throwing passes like it was, it was crazy. <laughs> that was like, like uh, insane. According according to Seattle fans, you, you don't really need a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So what, what we yeah, about? I mean yeah, I mean man, look, all you gotta do is have a top the, the great a great defense of all time. You don't need you don't need the whole offense. You don't need it. We just gonna get yeah. stops. So. Yeah, defense just get stops and score for you. Like what? Like. I, <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so uh yeah those are all the rule changes that's kind of how we feel about them i'm not too opposed to that that whole third quarterback thing honestly um 
especially you know the, that really doesn't uh, affect the whole Kendall Hinton thing uh, a few years ago because of the whole COVID situation yeah. but still would have been nice to have like an emergency quarterback there but anyways that is it for today's episode I hope you guys enjoyed all of all, you know all the recap of the latest Broncos news all of our debate and conversations about all the recent NFL changes and rules um, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode if you guys are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts make sure you guys go follow over there and turn on notifications if you guys are listening on YouTube and watching on YouTube Make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. All that support is greatly appreciated. We're going to be coming crazy with the content this week because last week, obviously, we had our uh, our week break off. Um, also, you know, with the whole, whole OTAs this week and training camp coming up with minicap and everything, going to be getting out a lot of content for you guys. Going over camp battles, we're going to be having a Broncos player on tomorrow. That is going to be very exciting. Um, very excited to get all these episodes out for you guys. So, like I said, make sure you guys are followed, have notifications on, leaving a five star rating, giving us a feedback. Um, all that is greatly appreciated. But I'm your host Amir Farrell with my great co-host jo- Jordan Mackey and Jordan Lopez. Till the next episode, peace. Peace.